Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Uh, this week was a little bit more calm for me uh, because I am under the weather, so I ask that you guys to bear with me uh, through this session. I really was trying my hardest not to allow myself to get sick in any capacity. If you know me, you know I am a bubble boy, so I completely be staying out of the way because of everything that's already going on Um Getting sick is just not one of the things I look forward to. Not saying I look forward to it in any other way or any other time, but just right now it's just really a bad time for me to be getting sick. Um, but yeah, so I finally closed out the situation at work uh, where they assumed that I was lying or accused me of lying and what have you. And little by little, it's coming out that I wasn't, in fact, being truthful to what I was saying, but again, corporate America is corporate America. They're not going to apologize. They could care less about uh, right and wrong. They just care about dollars. And in understanding that, I was able to um, kind of let down or kind of reduce some of the frustrations that I was having. I really try my hardest not to let the aspect of work get to me, but it's one of those things that it's the disrespect. And not to disrespect, like when I was younger, it was like, who you talking to? You ain't talking to me like that. Like it was a, a bravado that came with um, the defense or the response. And nowadays it's just not that for me. It's just like, it's almost shocking that someone is willing to disrespect you at a level that they have no facts on. And so it's not even a, a wanting to fight type situation or wanting to cuss anybody out type situation more than it's a, I just want peace. I just want to be, you know, left alone. I just, I don't want to be bothered uh, with anything. It, it forces me not want to be as helpful as I normally am, not to reach out to anyone for anything. And I just, uh, it is what it is. Um, I got more frustrated as the week went on because it's clear that they asked about me, my work ethic, and they, you know, they stopped kind of listening to the wrong people because all of a sudden, you know, after everything was kind of coming to an end with the HR issue, now they're reaching out to me. Oh, can you look at this? Can you look at that? It's a high dollar. Da 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 da. It's just like, no, I don't want to because you disrespected me and. Um, I just, I, I could care less about being overly helpful. I'm going to perform the job that, you know, you pay me for. And then that's just what it is. Um, on top of that, you know, it been storming out here. The kids are being the kids and it's just trying to get through it all. Trying to really, um, find an even playing field as a result to life. I know everybody is going through crazy things right now in life and you know I'm no different but I'm actively trying to heal I'm actively trying to make sure that the kids don't get caught up in the traumas that um, I have or try to give them more trauma I'm really learning how to deal with myself 
in general as I deal with the depression, anxiety, paranoia, etc. Because I know that it's like I'm beating a dead horse, but for me, I have to continue healing. I have to put myself in a position to be able to heal. And for me to be able to do that is constant study in myself, it's constant, you know, kind of paying attention to what, you know, makes me feel this way or that way, taking note, uh, whether it's a mental note or me physically jotting down on my phone, like, hey, this, you know, this has you feeling a way. Um, try to avoid that or figure out a way to try to get through it. So the week is just it's just been one of those one of those weeks that I'm just trying to stay afloat. Um, as you all know, when people get sick, whether it's cold, COVID, flu, whatever, um, you're just you you you're just out of it. You don't have that much energy, and I'm in that space right now to where I feel extremely vulnerable emotionally. I feel extremely weak, like physically. So you know my defenses are down, and I used to um, kind of cower in the darkness when I felt like this because I was afraid of the emotions that I had that were unlocked when all my defenses are down. But now I'm able to take this time and reflect on the things that make me emotional. You know, if I have to cry or let, you know, release any type of emotion, I'm never ashamed to do so. Um, because it's important and as humans, when we're at full strength, we have that ability to keep that wall up. Like we can act tough and um, and be, you know, defensive even towards ourselves and not allow things to to get to us. I choose in my regular day not to kind of block my own emotions and stuff. And um, to a, to an extent, like I when I'm in full health, mental, physical, like I put a limit. Right. I, I can only allow this thing to bother me today. I can't let it be an overall. Um, I can't I can't let it be an overall onslaught of trauma. But when I'm not feeling well, it's like a flood and I I'm just I'm just treading water. Uh, I really am. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, the best methods to just get me through it emotionally. Like physically, I could take medicine and, you know, get in the sauna, break the mucus up, da 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 da. But what can you do emotionally? Right. And so right now, that's where I'm at in the, in the space of, I just don't, I want whatever this is to pass so that I'm able to be at full strength so that I can process the things that I need to process. So, yeah, with with having a week like I had this past week in the two weeks leading up to it, it's just been overly stressful for me on all fronts and still trying to be present for the kids. Um, I was just talking to Junior, and I don't know what he's not grasping. He's looking for other jobs, and I want to quit because, you know, they don't treat me fair and this, that, and the other. And so I'm talking to him. Like, I really had to stop him because I don't know what he think adult life is, and he got eight months before he's 18. And I told him, I said, I'm never kicking you out of my house, ever. But you're not going to sit in the house and do nothing, right? And so um, I had to tell him, like, look, if you want to quit, quit. 
you my dog. I listen. I support you because you technically don't even have to have a job right now. This is something that you chose to do. Whatever I said, but I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't have the funds to uh, finance the lifestyle that you live with your own money. He can do whatever he want with his own money because I covered his necessities, right? I covered a roof over his head. I cover, you know, food. I cover uh, clothes. I cover, I, I, I cover all that because he is my child and I, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm responsible and I'm going to do that. But the extra stuff that he likes to do, I told him, I don't, I don't have money for that. It's too many of y'all, my guy. And so if you just going to quit, I said, what is your guarantee you're going to get another job? Like, what are you going to tell? Like, what are you going to tell your next job when you go on an interview? I quit because I didn't like it. And so I'm trying to teach him, like, as long as the these dislikes about your employer are not challenging to your freedom or your your mental health or your morals, then you have to learn how to communicate with them, whatever the issue is. And then you say, okay, this is not the best fit, but you don't just get to quit because it's all of a sudden to you. Uh, my home girl got fired. Uh, my homeboy about to leave. Like that's not what work is. And so I can tell he's frustrated, but I have to, I have to let him know I'm going to support whatever you decide. Cause again, he don't have to have a job right now. But trust and believe, I don't got the extra funds to to finance what you be on. You know what I mean? And so he said what he what he had to say. I listened, and I'm like, it's on you. But I mean, it ain't gonna change my relationship with you, whether you have a job or not. But come 18, you will have a job or school. Like we not just about to be sitting and doing anything or doing nothing. And. I could again. I could tell he still had an attitude. Um, twin got an attitude because he violated, and he don't understand how he violated one of his friendships. And I'm, you know, trying to work him through that. And I just started to see for me, like, I wish I had what they have, in a sense of what their traumas are or what their hangups are. Um, in how I approach it. And I don't know if I approach it like this because of I'm struggling with the depression. And so I study on it more and, you know, emotional and mental illnesses. I, I, that's all I do all day, every day is just study up on it. And so maybe that's the reason why as well um, as me wanting this approach when I, was younger or just in general in relationships, friendships, et cetera. I want to talk about today um, the impact of trauma on mental health and the power of trauma-informed practices as it results to uh, healing and actually helping someone heal. Trauma is... Trauma refers to emotional, psychological, physical or physical response to an event or a series of events that are distressing or harmful. From, um, it can stem from abuse, violence, accidents or even natural disasters. The effects of trauma can be long lasting and influence an individual's mental, emotional, physical well-being. 
I think that people don't grasp that. Uh, we come up in a society where you have to get over things really fast. You don't have time to complain. You don't have time to heal for real. You don't have time to kind of get over it. You just aren't, you don't have time to properly get over things. You're just pushed in the limelight, right? I grew up in, um, I grew up in an era where we were accustomed to people dying left and right, gang violence, stealing, yada, you know, even some people when we were in uh, high school, junior high school, um, they died of like health causes and stuff like that. So we were used to that coming up, but it happened so often that none of us really were, we, none of us really processed it. None of us really, we, there, we, there was never really an, an avenue to truly process what we were really seeing. Again, we had to just hurry up and get out, get over it. Right. I say all the time, certain things grow you up real quick. And I don't want to sit here and act like none of us had parents or we didn't have no type of guidance. But the area that we were living in, the areas that we, you know, came up in, it was so much stuff going on that it just seemed normal. So much so that when you get into the quote unquote white people neighborhood and it's boring and it's silent, it's weird to you. Like, oh, it's so slow. Like nothing's happening. It's like because you're so accustomed to being on the run. You're so accustomed to having to have your head on a swivel and left and right. And you know what I mean? It's just it's so much that you go through and you're unable to process it. Like. My relationships, like romantic relationships, even friendships are uh it's very difficult for me it's very like and i know people will be like well that don't make no sense yada yada whatever but for me it's really hard for me to make adult friends i say that because i was friends with people for years right um day in day out type friends and when uh, me and my ex-wife parted ways they just stopped talking to me Right. And I was just like, yo, that's crazy to me because like I, I legit didn't I didn't do anything like it wasn't like I was abusing her. It wasn't like, you know, um, I had cheated on her. It wasn't none of that. Right. It was it was on her. And um, even when she had come out and was like, yo, I, w- I was lying about what I was saying about him, you know, da, 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 da. like I still the friendships were never repaired. That was traumatizing for me, because if people who I grew up with, who I was friends with day in, day out, they could just stop being my friend without any conversation or any understanding. I'm like, yo, why would I go out and try to to make new friends? And to this day, is I I have very few new friends. Like I like honest to God truth, I think I have like people who I can say is friends, friends. Since 2011, there's four people outside of uh, my best friend that I grew up with, like that I say is a friend. And that's, that's weird to me, right? Even in relationships, I was so, uh, I was so verbally abused and manipulated in um, my marriage and so uh, disrespected and talked down upon and the relationship with my, uh, my oldest daughter's mom, like the insecurity, it followed me. So I don't go out and look for relationships. I don't go out and look for friends. Um, I'm. It's very hard for me to recognize when people are attempting to be friends or attempting to flirt and stuff like that because I've created this wall for me to protect myself because I don't ever want to feel like that again, especially when I give my all to friendships and I give my all 
to relationships. So when people are when, when people are talking to me, maybe trying to help me go through that, you know, it's it's difficult because the trauma is so is so so deep within me, right? Like my mind is 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 altered from going through that as a result to friendships, as a result to you know relationships, and I'm not you know trying to act like well was me or anything like that because I don't be even caring. I just be minding my business really. Um, but y'all know when I'm thinking about certain things that I feel like could help in, in all of ours, uh, all of our struggle, I gotta, you know, I feel like it's necessary for me to talk about it. Um, trauma can lead to a wide range of mental health issues, anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, even more complex traumas you know, uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, like people don't really understand that it's not always just uh, a chemical imbalance, right? It takes a trigger. I never realized, I never realized the idea of what a trigger was outside of a gun. It didn't hit me until, like I've always, you know, I've always felt sad. I've always felt, you know, a little bit different emotionally around certain things. But it wasn't until Kennedy died that it seemed like so much start flowing through my mind. And um, it was just a, a like a dam broke of, yo, this is insane. I don't I don't understand this. Why did that have to happen to me? Why is it this way? Like and it was crazy. And it's just like, yo, like I started to now understand other people's struggle, how one day, you know, everything is cool and the next we're wilding out. The next, like something, it seems like something wrong. And what I learned as I'm dealing with myself, right? I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm attacking nobody or anything. This is me reflecting and giving it to y'all. What I learned is that the perception of myself, the perception of other people, the world around me, it wasn't what I thought that it was. It wasn't what I was making it out to be. I'm thinking it's all this love and all this care and respect and trust. And then everything just snapped and it was like reality hit me. And it's like, no, it's, it, it's not just that. Right. I've always been a person who um, uh, I look at the good and I look at the bad, but I more so try to focus on the good, but stay prepared in the event that something bad happened. And so when that when it snapped for me, it started to affect how I trusted people. Um, It started to affect my relationships and even my day to day functioning. Like sometimes I'm in y'all know I'm real on here. Be weeks before I get in the shower. It'd be months before I clean up my room. Weeks, you know, without me shaving, cutting my hair, stuff like that. Like, for my kids, they gonna get to school, get dressed, get hair cut, get their lock twi- uh, locks twisted, um, get food and stuff like that. But for myself, it's just like, huh. Like, just a routine of, I gotta go to work because rent needs to be paid. All right, get in the bed. All right, make sure the kids got food. All right, make sure they go to school. And so it started, and to this day, it still affects how I function in my day-to-day. It still affects how I talk to or not talk to people around me. Um, I learned very early in this mental health struggle that I'm in that you can't trust everybody with everything. 
It doesn't matter how long, you know, um, it doesn't matter how long you've been friends. It doesn't matter if it's a blood relative, a friend that you may, a co-worker. It doesn't matter. You can't trust everybody with everything because a lot of times they aren't, they aren't trying to help you from the space you need help in. They're trying to help you for what, where they see you should be. Uh, one of my frustrations in general, oh, crap. One of my frustrations in general, um, I just kicked the mic, y'all. That's, I didn't fall or nothing uh, for people who are listening and not watching on YouTube. Um, one of my frustrations in general, when I started to have to really deal with my uh, depression and anxiety, is the way people see it as, as one way. Like a lot of people don't understand the nuances of mental health issues. So they see it one way, one way alone, and that's how they approach it. And that doesn't work. I don't even want to say it doesn't work for me. That's not something that works looking at an illness in any form as just one way. And when you do that, it causes much more harm than it does any type of good. There's a stigma that people who struggle with mental health issues like that we want we want y'all to walk on eggshells. Um and we're sensitive and you know all these other things and we want to be catered to. And the fact of the matter is that we don't want to be catered to. We just want to be understood. If you love us there should be a level of understanding. There should be a level of patience that you're willing to go through, you know, with us. Cause it's not like, it's not like we want to, to be the way that we are. We're trying to find a way out of it. Just like you are trying to find, you are trying to possibly help us try to find a, a way out of it. But if you are doing it from your position, instead of what we're going through, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. Um, my newest therapist, she goes, she has a trauma-informed method as well as a traditional method. Um, before her, my therapist would be talking to me about where I'm at and where I'm going. And it never helped. It never did. My newest therapist talked talk to me from a space of where I was and how did I get here? Right? You can't you you can't address the now if you don't address how you got there. You can't address the future without addressing the now. And a lot of therapists, in my opinion, they miss that. They talk to you about where you're at. They they look at what you're saying as a complaint as well. And it's just difficult because it's it's twofold. It's twofold. If you have a therapist that has not experienced to an extent anything of your that you have culturally, maybe not just a trauma, but just culturally, it can become difficult because they see it one way. If you have a therapist that's solely informational based on what they learned in school, what they read in books, it's not going to it's not going to be beneficial. I think that's why for me, like I keep telling you guys about the podcast, I was looking for someone or something 
day-to-day regular person just kind of fighting and figuring it out in a, in a proper way. So my newest therapist, she's more trauma-informed, right? And what that means is that they're creating a safer space, a supportive environment, which promotes healing and recovery. And so instead of instead of you being hard on someone like, oh, it's not that serious or da-da-da-da-da, or, well, I know such and such had the same experience and they was able to get through it. People's mind are built different. People's emotions are built different. I can't have, like, somebody... Somebody could lose their child and handle it better. I shouldn't be faulted because I can't. I couldn't be I shouldn't be fault, faulted or looked at weird because I'm still emotional about losing my child. I shouldn't be looked at as oh you you're tripping, you're 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 prolonging it or you know, ain't nothing you could do about it, just get over it. Like that's weird to me. Like this is my child that I feel missing all the time. But in, in in society, I don't really have time to grieve for real. I don't have time to get over it. Like, like I don't have time to process it for real because there's so much stuff, there's so much other stuff going on. So when I have those moments that it hit and it breaks me down, I'm looked at as weak. And people talk to you from that space. They talk, oh, well, uh, you experienced this and da-da-da-da-da. And it's just like, yo, like, like, you don't, you can't talk to me from that space. That person don't exist no more. The person who I was before my daughter died doesn't exist no more. The strength I thought I had, it doesn't exist no more. I'm I'm having to rebuild who I am all over again. And if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to heal or help someone heal, I have to be very understanding of that. I can't talk to you pre-trauma. I can't like, like I can't talk to you today from a place of Today, I got to be able to say, okay, you went through this, you went through that. All right, I could see how your mind is different about a lot of things. I could see how your protection is a, is a little bit different. Like I tell the kids all the time, like my protection them is different now. I lost a kid. So now your safety, unfortunately, has escalated to a higher priority than it already was a lot of times my kids get in trouble for lack of safety right and they don't understand it and so i'll sit them down and i'll explain it to them well you guys lost a sister you wasn't responsible for her i lost a child i was responsible for her so me in my head i lost a daughter to a relationship i lost a daughter to 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 death i'm sorry that i want to protect y'all more and I've always been protective, but it's like, it's more now. It's like, um, and it's not even, let me, let me not say that it's more in the sense of tell me when you get there, tell me when you come back, not like where you at, what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care about none of that. If you're driving somewhere far, what route you taking? Just in case I got to get in the car and come on that route. Right. A lot of people don't care to take the time to understand what you're going through. Not because 
they don't want to, but because they have their own thing going on. And this is what frustrated me with my therapist. And this is what frustrates me with people who just doesn't understand the necessity of trauma informed methods. I don't look at you as if you have failed me or that you're against me. I look at it like I am in a position that you can't help me with because what you have going on is more important than what I have going on. So I remove myself, not from malice, not from hate, not from anything other than I don't want you to feel like I am burdening you to try to understand me when you have your own shit going on. It's important that you have a support system that is calibrated to be helpful. And just because someone is not able to help you through what you are going through mentally or they don't have the time or they don't have the care to want to understand, you don't have to get mad at them. Because the reality of it is everybody has something going on. You just have to find the right support system for you of people who are going to take the time to understand you like you understand them. Like I have friends that go through certain things and I, I understand, right? I take the time, I look into it because I want to be, you know, if, I, if, if I'm going to say I'm your friend and we're going to talk about it, I want to be very helpful to you. Yeah, I got my stuff going on, but like I say, it's my turn to show turn. It's my turn to show turn, vice versa, however we're going to do it. So it's important for me to know how to talk to my people when they're going through certain situations. Like I, 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 this process reminds me of the no. A lot of people do not understand how to accept a no. Like, think about how many times somebody tried to holler at you, whether woman or man. You're like, nah, I'm good. Oh, you can't have friends? Nah, I'm just good. Oh, you got a boyfriend? No, I'm just good. Oh, you think you're better than me? No, I'm just good. And it goes on because no one told them how to handle the no. They don't understand the trauma you you went through and you don't have the time to, to explain to them the trauma of why you said no, because your no should be good enough. Right. That tra that that trauma that comes with that, it like people don't understand. When you keep pushing. You're not realizing how traumatic you are being to a person. When you, when someone tells you no, or someone is like, they're not willing to understand and, and not willing to care about what you're going through and you take it personal and you keep trying to force them to understand you are now being a part of your own issue because you are not accepting the boundaries When I hear no, that's it. All right, cool. When I see if I'm talking to you and I'm feeling the way and I see you don't understand, I'm not yelling at you. I'm not 
tripping on you. I'm just never telling you about that thing again. And if that now affects our friendship, because now you're like, yo, you don't you don't talk to me the same no more because you don't listen the same no more. See, we have to start understanding that friendship is a two way thing. And it doesn't have to end because you don't understand the severity of something that I'm going through. It just means that the degree of the friendship is going to change. I can't talk to you about my mental health because you don't understand it for real. You don't want to understand it for real. Like you are super duper tough. You can handle certain things and you don't understand that I can't. Just because we grew up together, just because we experienced maybe the same ways of life, it doesn't mean that I'm not fragile. It doesn't mean that you aren't stronger or vice versa. It's going to be certain things in your life that you're not going to be able to handle. And I'm not going to look at you like you should be able to handle that. We've been shot at. We've been stabbed. We've been jumped. We've been arrested. We've been in jail. We... I'm not going to come at you like that because I know how fragile our minds are. I know how fragile our emotions really are. I've always been in tune with my emotions. I've never been one. I'm not. No, I'm not tough. I'm not going to let you play me like you about to like do nothing to me, but I'm not one of them. I got to be alpha male. I got to be tough. I got to. I'm not like that. I'm a protector. I'm a provider, period. You fuck with my family. You might as well. Your people might as well get a GoFundMe. Even family that I don't even talk to. If I find out something going on, yo, what's up? That's just who I've always been. So when we having these traditional conversations or we having these conversations with friends and family or what have you, and they're just taking a traditional approach and focusing solely on the symptom um, and behaviors, right? Because that's a lot of things. Like, I learned this with my son early on. Uh, twin has ADHD, very, very compulsive, and he has an emotional deficit, right? He don't, um, he don't register fear. I had no idea, right? So when he's younger, he's just doing certain things. And I used to be hot. I used to be tearing his ass up because that's, what I, that's how I was raised, right? Then I started realizing, like, hmm. Something a little bit different with you. Because even when I'm popping you, you don't really care. Like you solely just crying in my face just so I can leave you alone. And so I started understanding like, yo, like I, I got to talk to you different. There's a level of understanding that I have to have with you. And it's not solely about your behavior. That was 20, it's 20 to be 16 in two weeks. I had this realization when he was like six or seven and I've been moving like that ever since. Like when, when people are tripping kids, friends, relationships, I'm never looking at the behavior that's right in front of me. I'm trying to figure out like, yo, how we get here? Yeah, we here now. I got it. We mad. We arguing. But whole time I'm in a conversation, my mind is like, how do we get here, though? Because I don't want to focus on how you acting now. I'm trying to see what the root of the situation was to why you got here. No, going through that with my son and then realizing, you know, um, sometime after that he that he does have a, a emotional deficit and he has ADHD. It's like, yo, I can't go in the world. And make the same mistake of getting on somebody's case for not understanding, getting on somebody's case for having quote unquote toxic behavior. I got to see how we got there. I got to understand your traumas too. 
I got to understand your triggers too. It can't just be me walking around like, yo, um, I got PTSD from relationships and friendships. So you need to do no, 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 no. I am not asking of you something that I'm not giving you. That goes for romantic relationships, friendships, business, uh, what have you. I am not asking of you something that I'm not willing to give you because I'm willing to sit and understand. Like if I, it's, it's, it's a few people in the world that it just doesn't matter what we go through. I'm willing to sit and understand what the problem is. I am. It doesn't matter how long it takes. I'm willing to sit and, and try to understand with everything that I have going on myself, because there's a certain level of love there, of care, of patience, um, of compassion, of empathy. Right. But it's certain people that I'm like, fuck it, whatever. You've already shown me who you are. It's no it's no point of me allowing myself to get reeled back in to this type of behavior. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I've had to uh change therapists because they were so focused on my behavior and not how I got there. I'm very much, um, if it's a word, I'm very much of a, like, how can I say this? My life has always been based off reaction. I'm very respectful. I'm very loving. I'm very caring. But when you do something to me, there is a high level of emotion that feels so hurt and disrespected that I'm going to take my reaction to the extreme because we both going to be hurt. I'm not going to be sitting here crying by myself. I'm not going to be sitting here lonely by myself. We're we about to get, we going to get destructive. Difference is I don't include other people. My hurt is directed right at you, right? I'm not getting on social media talking about you. I'm not going to, I'm not doing none of that. You're going to feel directly hurt like I felt directly hurt. Either we're going to talk about it or or we're not, right? And that's how I've always been. But that's focused on the the behavior of the right now. It's like, how do we get there? Like, why are we doing this? I've been to so many different therapists, and they focused on where I was and, and, and not where I came from. And it's like putting a... It's, it's like... Putting a Band-Aid on a flesh wound that that needs to be thoroughly clean. And I'm talking one of them wounds that you got to like you got to re you got re, uh, to reopen it. You got to cut off that dead tissue. You got to clean it up as best you can. You got to sew it up, put the gauze in there, then bandage it, then wrap it. I'm talking about that type of hurt. Nobody's willing to take the time to do that because in their eyes, everybody is so strong and life is life and life is kicking everybody's ass. So you should be able to get over it uh, just like everybody else. And that's just not how things work. I always say life is like putting salt water over flesh wounds. Because the reality of it is people think that salt water is something that kills the, the bacteria in the wound, but salt water really it affects the cut even more. That sting that we that we associate with healing, that that pain, that burn. Like think about when we were younger, you pour alcohol on your cut or peroxide or whatever, and it burned. And in our minds, we register that pain with healing. And we now think about that, like that stuck with us. We don't realize how things 
affect us mentally that we experience on the physical, right? Like really think about that. When you were young and you got and you got cut, depending on how old you are, either they the, the old heads are like, man, put some dirt on it. It burned. Put some peroxide on it. If you was lucky, it didn't burn. Rubbing alcohol, it burned. So every cut you've ever had, every scrape, every bruise, the healing factor was pain. What do you think that's going to do to someone's mind who is not cultivated properly, who struggles with mental health? They're going to associate pain with healing, so they're going to stay in toxic relationships. They're going to stay being abused. They're going to stay being manipulated. They're going to stay being talked too crazy because to them, pain is healing. And when you become an adult and no one takes the time to break it down and, and, and give you some understanding, you get stuck. When you find out for yourself and you're like, hey, this is not it. I don't, no, 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 no. I don't think pain is supposed to be the factor that, like, I'm not supposed to associate pain and healing to this, to this degree. I talk about all the time. I hate that pain is a thing and pressure is a thing that, you know, uh, is a thing that always is associated with you going to the next level. You gotta, you gotta experience so much just like with, with, with labor and delivery. Like you gotta go through this pain. You gotta have these contractions, like these women got to go through this and go through this. Oh, well, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not where it's not ready. And that's how life is. You got to go through all this pain. And it's like, man, one day it's going to be all right. One day it's going to be all right. One day it's going to be all right. And it's pain after pain. You are not registering that this is not life. You're not registering that because no one stopped and told you, hey, I know life going to hurt sometimes, but it shouldn't hurt. Every single day. I know you're going gonna to go through a little bit, but you shouldn't be going through every day. You should be able to have conversations with people and not feel weak or not feel less than. We don't have those type of conversations. We only have the conversations that, yo, you right here because you didn't listen to this. You was weak minded and you allowed this to happen. That's why. A lot of sexual abuse victims are quiet. That's why people go along untreated with mental health. That's why a lot of times kids don't talk to their parents because we keep on having the cycle of you need to be stronger than that. By no means am I saying or advocating for weakness, but vulnerability is not weakness. Being hurt is not weakness. Telling someone it hurts is not weakness. Not being able to function from a trauma, it's not weakness. And we have to be able to do better and explain it and help people. I don't look at my uh, mental health illnesses that I'm struggling with. I'm not weak in no means. I'm still functioning. I'm still getting up, going to work. I'm still taking care of kids. I still could fight, fuck, cook, clean, braid, twist, sew clothes. I can still do all those things. But some days I just can't get up out of bed. Some days, conversations escape me. Some days, I don't know up and down. I don't know left from right. But it does not change who I am as a human being. I'm not letting this take over me. But I'm also not bringing nobody down with me. And I'm very understanding that it is, it is a lot to deal with someone who struggles with mental health illness. But just like I, I expect you all to be patient with your people. 
I expect the people who are suffering to have some patience and understanding themselves. Because again, you cannot ask from somebody what you are not willing to give yourself. So we have to get out of this idea that we can just slap a Band-Aid on healing. Sometimes it takes a deep cleanse. It takes more than a little bit of uh, rubbing alcohol. It takes a, 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 a little more than, oh, just sit still. It'll be all right. While we're healing, we have to understand that our physical and emotional safety has to be priority. It has to be. If you don't feel safe, you're never going to heal. I mean that in every aspect of your life, you're never going to be able to heal emotionally. You're never going to be able to heal physically if you do not feel safe, if you do not know that you're safe. If your uh, uh, support system does not make you feel safe, it is okay to remove yourself from that support system. I am an advocate of getting the fuck away from people. And I'm talking in general, but more importantly, if you speak up like, hey, I don't feel like this is a safe space for me and nothing changes, remove yourself and don't let that guilt bring you back until you feel safe, until you feel strong enough that you don't need that level of safety anymore. I'm very big on that for myself because I know the aggression that comes over me when I don't feel safe. The aggression that comes over me when I feel like I'm in an unsafe situation, my mind says, you got to get back to your kids. And for me, in order to get back to my kids, I might got to kill somebody. And that's where my mind always goes. Why would I want that thought? If I'm with a group of so-called friends, if I'm in a group of, uh, if my support system is so-called my family, why would I want that? Why would I want that feeling? That's, that's extreme. And I know. So because I know when I feel unsafe, how aggressive my mind takes me, how much rage pumps through my mind when I feel unsafe, I remove myself. So you have to be able to secure your physical and emotional safety, whether it be by yourself or with the proper support group that's going to understand you. Trustworthiness and transparency also is something that helps people feel secure. That's why I don't hide nothing with people that I'm either interested in or even on this podcast. Um, I don't I don't hide me. I don't hide the fact that I have six kids. I don't um, hide the fact that I don't see my one daughter. I don't hide the fact that I have full custody of my sons. I don't hide the fact that I have health issues. I don't know because I want you to I want you to be able to make a decision for yourself. I don't want to capture you, fall in love with you under false pretenses. I don't want to become friends with you under false pretenses. I'm not balling by no means. I can't do extravagant vacations. I can't do crazy outlandish gifts. I can't do that. But what I can do, I can be emotionally, emotionally supportive. I could be, you know, a good time in a group. I could bring some laughs. I could spit a poem. If y'all want a poem, we could talk about mental health. That's what I got. I'm very transparent of what uh, what things scare me in relationships and friendships. I give people the opportunity to stick around or not. And I don't take it personal because it's a lot. 
But if I if if I swear that I feel safe with you, then there has to be some trust uh, trustworthiness and transparency. I'm also big on giving people the opportunity, right? I'm not just mean and all right, don't talk to me or da 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 da. Like I I I say what's going on, right? I say what's going on with me to my friends, um, and I give them an opportunity to have mutual respect. And if I trust them to give me advice, um, I trust that they're going to uh, give me this advice on a collaborative level, meaning if they suggest something and I'm like, I don't think that part will work, but what if you do you think this will work with what you're advising? Like if we can't have those type of conversations, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, I get it. A lot of people are strong enough to get, like, just get right to it and let that be that. I get it. But some of us struggle with a lot of things, and we need that patience. We need that understanding. Like, I like my relationships and friendships to be reflective. Again, I don't ask of my friends what I'm not willing to give. There are certain things that I talk to certain friends about. There are certain types of relationships um, that I have with with certain people. The relationship, the, the relationships and the friendship, they're not the same. Not that I don't love the people that I love equally. My friends, like the people that I consider my friends, I love them. We there is just different levels of what we're dealing with each other with. I can talk to this person about that. I can ask this person this. I can go this place with that person, but it's not a all around thing. Like we have to get to a point to where that's not a bad thing. All of our friends don't have to be at the same level. They don't have to be. We don't have to be able to connect with them all equally. We became friends for separate reasons. I didn't become friends with DW the same reasons I became with Tati, the same reasons I uh, became with Mac or Big Clink or Big Steve or Brandy or Blue. Like I didn't, I didn't know it's different things. And so we have to start recognizing that amongst ourselves as we are attempting to help ourselves and heal and help others heal if that is our responsibility. I know it's difficult. I know we want to just, you know, get in and get out you know, of the situation and if we willing to help or not knowing how to, to help. I, I get it. You just want to get in like, yo, just get over it. You're stronger than that. Like I get it. But with, with, with trauma informed methods, it requires a change of mindset in individuals and in families and communities, what have you. Like we have to start understanding that we need to be handling these people differently me and a, another guy who's in the same similar situation could walk into the same therapist, but the remedy is not going to be the same. And if we don't understand that, we're going to keep giving this catch-all healing, this catch-all relationship advice, this catch-all parenting advice. And we are going to continue to stay in this cycle of toxicity uh, and, and, and disintegrate who we should be. We have to get to a point to where we expect uh, or we respect each other as equals and understand that we 
need individual care and love. Like you can't love me like you loved your ex. I can't love you like I loved my ex. Right? No matter how, no matter how you slice it, you like like my guy Mac. There, I would never have another friend like Mac. I would never even try. Him and I been through too much. Right? Me and my brothers, we've been through too much. I like I, I there could never be nobody who, who matched those. Does that mean I'm never gonna have uh another good friend? No. But my mind is like, you gotta find another best friend like Mac. It's not gonna work. Because he is a certain individual. His care for me is different. His uh, reprimand of me is different. His uh, empathy is different than somebody else going to be. Because he know where I came from. Right? For years. Middle school, high school, college, kids, uh, marriage, divorce, death of a kid, bad relation. Like we, him and I have been through it all. So it's going to be different than if I just met someone and I'm like, yo, this is this. They're not going to understand. So the people who are in your support system, they're going to have to have a little bit more patience, have a little bit of a change of mindset. We not in the eighties and nineties no more. We got to let that go. We're not in the 70s no more. Like everything isn't hardcore. We have to start understanding if we want to be a healed people. And I'm not talking about healed people as in black people. I'm talking about this is not set to one demographic. I know many of people of different races going through mental health stuff. And the story is always the same when it comes to attempting to get help. And I just wish that we understood that. The traditional method is okay. It is. Because sometimes, like, sometimes I need self-love. I told y'all when my, when my daughter died, my brother was like, man, Peanut, it sucks that this has to be this way. But the world only sees us as numbers. I don't for a second think he was taking a shot at me. I don't for a second think that he was dismissing the death of his niece. I think that in that moment, as my brother, who I've been chasing after since uh, he was two or three, he was talking to me as little peanut, little duck. I know you hurting right now, bro, but I need you to I need you to understand this. I know you're going to keep, you know, having to process what it is. But when he said that to me, my mind said, OK, bet. That's what gave me the strength and understanding not to blame people for not showing that they care that my daughter died. Had he not said that when he said it, I truly believe that I would still be on some, oh, I hate the world because they nobody checked on me, da 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 Like when I say nobody has checked on me, I am not like when I, I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, there is no malice, no anger or anything because my brother took a traditional method in a moment where I needed it and I could take it to tell me, Peanut, the world just sees us as numbers. As hard, for, or as, as hard as that was for me to swallow, I needed that reality to go along with what I was going through. So now as I'm processing my healing, I'm not worried about and taking, I'm not worried about who cares and who doesn't? 
I'm not even looking at it from that perspective. I'm not looking at, oh, my best friend don't say this. My parents don't say that. My coworker, I'm not looking at it from that to be mad anymore. Right? I'm not looking at it like no one cares. I'm looking at it like, you know what? You are absolutely right. This is something that I have to care about. I have to get through and I have to figure out on my own. It's not that people don't don't care, but because everybody has something going on, it's just numbers, life and death. I get it. I've seen people die millions of times. Not, I mean, y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. So there's going to be time where you need that traditional, that, that traditional method of straightforward, yo, this is this. But that should be few and far in between and should be really mixed with the trauma-informed method so you can be helpful. Because sometimes that traditional method will set you back further than the actual trauma that got your mind going. It really will. I'm learning. And like I said, with my sons, I don't, I don't talk about nothing I haven't been through. I learned how to be an active listener. I learned how to respect boundaries. Um, I like, I, I'm learning still. Cause I, you know, the four boys, they live here a hundred percent. They all have different personalities. So one of the biggest things that I'm learning is how to support them with what they need support with, instead of me just being dad and saying, Oh, Boom, 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 boom. You might not care about that part. I'm like, I can be talking to a brick wall if I'm just going in trying to support you how I think you need to be supported. That's when I have conversations with them like, yo, okay, what's up? What, like, tell me, tell me what it is that, like, that I'll let them go through their whole story, their whole feeling. And I always, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's the 11 year old or the 17 year old. What do you want my opinion and advice on? What part? If they can't articulate what they want my help on, I do not say nothing to them because at that point I'm helping them from where I want to help them from, not where they need it. Now, when they do articulate, all right, well, all that happened and I feel like this. Now we can attack that. Now I have something to say, okay, this is what you need help on. A lot of us lose our kids because we just be talking. Again, just from our perspective. At certain times, yeah, you are a parent and you have experience in certain things. But again, like, I laugh all the time at this. Every few months, uh, every few months, uh, my brother Duck, his kids will question uh, when he start driving, right? And for whatever reason, they don't believe how young he was. And so I think it was a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, maybe he had hit me up again. And we was just laughing because he was driving like at 12, 13, maybe. No, I was in elementary. So he was 13. And we just laugh at that because that's a different time. I cannot see my kids or his kids being able to drive at 12 and 13. Not because they're not capable, but we were a grown 12 and 13. My mom had had two jobs forever at that point. Um, once she had got re- re- remarried, they were at work 6.30, So we, we had to grow up. We didn't have the opportunity to be little, little kids as it results to um, us cooking, us cleaning, us uh, getting, um, us getting to and from. 
right? We knew routes to walk. We knew how not to get kidnapped. Like it was just so much. And we laugh at that. And that's, you know, we can't throw our kids behind the wheel right now and be like, just drive. I had to tell my kids, okay, this is what you do. You go right here. You do. You, they don't have to experience too much stuff just off the rip. And then we teach them later. So it's a lot of times that it's a matter of changing the way we think, the way we process. I can't talk to you from a space that I was that you've never been to. I can't teach you from that. Like trauma-informed methods, they do come with some challenges. For whatever reason, society's under the impression that um, trauma is a rare occasion. And we should have learned by now by now that we have social media and everybody has a phone, and like we should know by now that trauma is not a rare occurrence. This is something that happens by the freaking second. Like it's more common than what we want to admit. And a level, like there's a level of commitment and patience that's needed to help people get through it. There's a level of commitment within yourself to um, for you to get through it yourself. And we have to start understanding the importance of that. We can't keep on walking through life and not understand that there is shit that we have to break down before we can build it back up. There's foundations that need to be reset before we can start trying to pile things on top. And we can't look at people like they're weak for not being able to handle certain things. We have to just have understanding and help them gain the strength to to get through it. Right. We cannot ask people things that we are not willing to go through ourselves. I'm not asking you all to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. I know, you know, isolation isn't for everyone, but it helps me because I get to sit and I get to understand. I get to think I don't have to be immediate with a response. I don't have to feel aggressive or unsafe. I get to just be me, whether it hurts or not. I get to just be me. We are in a world today full of trauma and it takes some patience and understanding. It takes some commitment to help heal uh, and to heal ourselves. And we have to be cognizant of how we treat people and how we treat ourselves. We got to go through something to get somewhere. I'm glad y'all done it with me. Peace. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to peacefullyflawed.com for all things complex your poetic property merch and peacefully flawed apparel. If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to good pods, download that app. It is great for podcast hosts and listeners. You can review an episode in real time and also make a donation. If you want to make a donation to the business overall, head over to Twitter, the complex. It's a tip jar over there. If you are somebody who likes comments and shares, I appreciate you wholeheartedly. I ask that you continue to do so. Let's make this 27 countries turn into 28 and much more. I'm grateful for every listen, every view that you guys give me, um, and I appreciate it. Again, www.peacefullyflawed.com.